Coming to you from the Flex Fox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I am your host, Nick the Man Penner, uh, and I'm joined once again by handsome Jamil Hussan. Uh, Jeremiah, unfortunately, is out this week, uh, but in his place we've recruited uh, one of the uh, the league managers, uh, a very good get for this program. Please welcome Mr. Cam McInnes. Hello, coming to you live from Jatisha's bedroom, because it's the only quiet room in the apartment. I'll be replacing Jeremiah this week. Uh, that's great. Do you, do you have your Jeremiah impression down? Are you willing to give all the moderately hot takes he normally gives? Uh, not at all. I will not give any of Jer- Jeremiah's stupid opinions. I have my own uh, good takes, definitive takes, where I don't apologize for having an opinion or thinking a player sucks. Uh, that's what we like to hear on the show. Uh, Jamil, how about you? Are you are you ready to give some honest truth out? Oh, yeah, I'm always ready. You know, I don't hold anything back, so. Uh, that's uh, also good to hear. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I think without further ado, we can just jump right into it. Uh, week two, another really interesting week uh, in the, the Flex Fox Fantasy Federation. Uh, some Some big wins i'd say some key victories but also some uh interesting defeats out there uh and so i think we're going to start with what i would consider to be the matchup of the week which is in fact cam's matchup uh where cam was unfortunately on the losing end ryan beat cam 283 to 280 uh very close came right down to the final game uh so uh cam what what was your take being one of the managers in this great matchup so what I thought, like, I made some mistakes in how I managed my team, I guess. Like, I benched Hector Santiago, and he scored, like, 10 points in favor of Jesse Chavez, who, like, lost a couple. And due to me not being able to read a schedule properly, I actually missed out on a James Paxton start that was worth, like, 20 points. So that probably would have won it for me. But at the same time, like, I really didn't deserve to win. I just kind of, like, swept through with a bunch of starts in the last day. And I'm pretty happy with the 280 points, but full credit to Ryan for having a really clutch week and beating me with Michael Pineda at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, on the, the final day of the matchup, the Sunday, you put up 107 points. Uh, so, I mean, you obviously had a bunch of starts on that day, but it was also like a huge day hitting-wise for you with, uh, uh, let's see here, like Shinsu Chu put up 15 points for you. On on the Sunday, I mean, I, I guess you have to be happy with that, right? Even in a loss? That's like the entirety of the points Shinsu Chu has scored this year. Like, before that day, he had like <laughs> zero points. Like, he, he just hit and walked enough to like offset his negatives. So that was kind of jokes that happened on that day. And obviously, like, Eric Thames just hit a shitload of home runs, uh, both at the end of last mm. week and the start of this week. So that's pretty helpful, too. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy... That I was able to score so many points, and I can just—I'll accept losing to Ryan now, as long as I can beat him in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm. Last time I checked your scoreboard, I thought you were gonna steal one uh, on the last day, but I think—I think it was on—it came on the last game, I think, where Ryan just yeah. took the couple uh, of points. Pineda, Pineda had a quality start and like pitched really well, and then on top of that, um, he had a reliever come in. I think it was Matt Bowman for St. Louis, so I knew that like regardless of which team won. He was still going to get like a pitcher team win and the like grounded double plays and game winning RBI just weren't enough to offset it. Cause those things get calculated 
usually when the day is over. So we don't see them because it usually updates around like 1 or 2 a.m. But, oh well. So uh, what's your take on uh, your boy uh, Eric Thames here? Do you think he's uh, he's going to keep it up? Yes, Eric Thames is the greatest <laughs> player in the history of baseball. Um, He had a lot of home runs in Korea, and I think he can basically do the same thing in the majors. So I would say... Obviously, he's not going to hit a home run every game, but I think the power is largely real, but the batting average is going to come down. Like, I'm just expecting a lot of, like, walks and home runs out of him. Uh, Eric Thames, also, I believe, the top-scoring batter on the entire week last week, uh, 42.1 points. So uh, I guess it shows you that, you know, sometimes the the best players aren't necessarily who you'd think in a given week. As of, or maybe Eric Thames is just the best baseball player of all time, and we didn't know. As of well, tonight, tonight – sorry, go ahead. I said it would help with, with uh, like, arms like and shoulders like that guy. So. Um, <laughs> like as of tonight, big, which is Tuesday night in the – and with the week three matchup, Eric Thames has 21 points. So it continues. Jesus. Well, I think at least when, when you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. Other matchups? Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess uh, next it makes sense to jump over to Jamil's matchup. Uh, Jamil, you were also in a one one of the matchups we predicted last week was going to be uh, pretty close, come down to the wire, but you won it fairly handily. Uh, you beat uh, Richard Tillo two fifty eight to one eighty four. Uh, both of you are now at one and one after that week. Uh, you feel confident? You feel this is a, a better representation of your team than your loss in week one? Uh, I think. I, I don't think I trailed at all against Richard, but he was he did have a tough uh, week one. But at two fifty eight uh, point total is good. Um, I should be hovering around that every week. I had two seventy something last week or two eighty I think. But yeah, uh, Chris Davis with a K hitting nice for me. M- Mazara continues to be hot. Uh, I just cut need a couple of guys to pick up the slack like uh, Abreu and uh, Longoria. But I think uh, hitting wise. I should uh, help with the point total here with around 250, 260 every week. Mm. And so, I mean, I don't want to get too insider here. I don't want you to give up all your secrets. But, like, if you're looking sort of to take your team to the next level, what what sort of trade areas would you be targeting? Because looking at your performance last week, I mean, you had, you had solid batting, solid pitching. I mean, it seems like you're overall a, a pretty good team. But what do you, what would you want to take that next step? I think I've mentioned this a couple times in the podcast already. It has to be definitely pitching. Like, I don't have that, you know, fantasy ace, perhaps. Like, Felix Hernandez is okay, but not he's not, like, elite as he used to be. But uh, definitely one or two more pitching, and I think my team should be, uh, should mm. be heavily, uh, heavily co- as a contender. Uh, I think my I'm okay with my pen. Like, Wade Davis, Ken Giles pick up the slack, but... Batting-wise, it's much improved from last year, but just, again, all those bats that I got, I had to uh, give up some pitching, so that's the area right now. Yeah, mm. um, I, I'm actually pretty impressed with how many points you've scored, Jamil. Like, the this average, like, I don't... I didn't really believe in your team that much coming into this year, but these point totals are proving me wrong. And if you can, like, maintain, like, 250, like, that's like a guaranteed playoff team right there, if not better. Yeah, I'm um, I'm hoping it continues to stay around that. Like last week, I did pretty well, and again, I was one of the top scores this week. So I think the new, new and improved hitting should help with that. 
But uh, yeah, I need if especially if guys like Abreu and uh, Longoria and even like Fowler and Kane start hitting, I think I should be in a good place. Uh, I will say full credit to Richard Tillo. Uh, obviously, he lost, and it wasn't especially close. But, I mean, it's clear that he's got something cooking. He's got a, a good team coming together. Uh, him him trading for Joey Gallo is looking like a surprisingly smart move now. So, uh, I guess kudos to him for uh, making that pickup. But, uh, on the other hand, still some room for improvement. I just watched Joey. Uh, still, still got – go ahead. Uh, I just watched Joey Gallo swing at a pitch that was like eight inches off the plate tonight. So I don't know if I can co-sign this take, but uh, I guess he's been good so far. I mean, I, I'm not making any sort of voucher for his long-term success or, or how he's going to do, but right now, at least, he's getting positive points, which is better than Dansby Swanson's doing. So uh, good for him. Fair enough. And I think uh, he has uh, Jeremy Jeffress now as a closer, too. So. Mm-hmm. That's a little bonus. Yeah, uh, I just don't think Richard's team is going to be all that. He claims he's a playoff contender, but I think it's more of a 2018 thing. Although maybe if like Moncada gets called up, he might put up some decent totals towards the end of the year. Mm. Well, but I mean, also, I would say that, you know, it's looking at least early on like there's going to be a lot of parity in the league. It's going to come to a, a bunch of near 500 teams battling it out for the playoffs at the end. And so in that situation, I think that Richard Tillo has a, a good chance to make the playoffs. Will he do anything in the playoffs? I'm not so sure about that. But I do think he's at least close to being a playoff caliber team already and will only get better come next year. Another thing, though, that like might hurt him is just he because he is like committed to rebuilding and being young he might not be able to make like certain roster moves that other teams will like he can't really stream starters because to the best of my memory like all seven of his starters are guys he actually like likes and wants to hold on to whereas other teams are probably more able to like turn over their roster to pick up like hotter players and roll with them mm-hmm. yeah i think his team is definitely built for next year for him to like a threat. So, hmm. Uh, well, moving right along with the the matchups of the people who are actually on this podcast, uh, I I took another loss last week. Uh, I dropped my matchup against Garth McInnes. Uh, he had one seventy four. I had one thirty two. Uh, although that point total for me was hurt by an incredibly stupid illegal pickup penalty I took on Sunday. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say it before you guys get a chance to. Like, that might be one of the, the... Like, there's no such thing as a smart illegal pickup penalty, but that has to be one of the dumbest of all time, what I did. I was in a close matchup. I was looking, you know, on Sunday, could I pull ahead? Could I not with my the starts that I did have? Uh, I was on my phone. I wasn't paying much attention. Uh, I just saw, you know, oh, there's one starting pitcher available who's starting today. And my instant reaction should have been, that seems too good to be true. But my reaction was, oh, look at me. I, I just got this great deal. I'm I'm really rolling. And so uh, I lost the 25 points, and I, I feel incredibly foolish for doing that. So uh, I guess that's the, you know, learn from my mistakes. Everyone who's listening to this, just always, always, no matter what the situation, double check the minor leagues. It takes at most, even on my phone, it would take two two minutes. 
and like it would have saved me 25 points i guess the the ironic good news is that the it was not within like the difference for the matchup it's not like the 25 points cost me uh, a win which would have made me feel so much worse uh the bad news of course is that means that Cole Hamels and uh Wainwright really like sucked the big one uh, on Sunday and did not get me any closer to topping Garth McInnes. Uh, so that's a bit frustrating. But uh, yeah, uh, I just feel incredibly bad about that pickup and uh, and the overall outcome of the matchup. Um, I think I fell victim to that last year with uh, picking up a prospect on uh, on a Sunday, thinking I am like made the smartest move. But yeah, mm. I, feel, I feel your pain. <laughs> I think the... A pro tip I would offer to all the owners of this league is that if you have some time, you can open the minor league sheet and just commit all the owned minor leaguers to memory. It's not as hard as it seems, especially now, because like no low minor leaguer will ever be on your radar to pick up. So there aren't as many as you think there are. And if you put your mind to it, you can memorize these lists. And it just makes everything like so much easier. Um, I also think that your loss here, Nick... This is not really directly you, um, more my dad, but it is somewhat karmic justice because uh, I was looking at his like stats from previous seasons, and he actually like consistently was like a top eight team in points for, and just like never made the playoffs because he'd always like lose these matchups where he'd face like the hottest team in the league, and this is just the reverse where his team like played like shit and he still won. So I guess that's nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad your dad is happy with it. Another tip I would give, I mean, I tried doing this. I don't do it anymore. Uh, but the one thing you can do is you can just add everyone who is in the minor leagues on ESPN to your watch list. And then if you see a guy who's on your watch list, you know not to add him, which is a little counterintuitive at first and kind of makes things screw with the app. Uh, it also means that you can't use your watch list as like an actual watch list which is, uh, you know, a bit frustrating, I guess. But, I mean, it's another solution, just to throw that out there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad your dad is happy with the win. Uh, the one thing I will say from my perspective is that what I'm hoping is that my season is the reverse of last season, uh, as you will recall, because I'm sure you remember everything about my team last season. Uh, I started out really hot, just had a great start out of the gate. Uh, was okay, uh, pretty good through sort of the middle part of the season, but then at the end of the year, uh, lost two big matchups uh, late in the regular season and then ended up dropping a close first-round playoff matchup. So what I'm hoping is that that all goes in reverse, this season, I get all the bad luck, all the bad losing, all out of the way really early, uh, and then I just get better from here. Uh, so I'm I'm glad I'm getting these bad weeks done early. Well, I think you kind of answered my my question to you. I was going to ask uh, now, being in week three, is the man corporate uh, corporation on panic mode? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, like it is impossible, realistically, like from a a, an honest standpoint, it's impossible to think that my team could even continue to be this bad if they wanted to. Like, at a certain point, someone or a couple of guys are going to get hot when they aren't right now. Like, the idea that all my guys are going to stay bad all season is just absolutely ludicrous. So, I mean, I don't want to say this is rock bottom, because if I say this is rock bottom, things will inevitably get worse. But I will say this is a, a pretty bad situation, but that just means there's lots of room for improvement and a lot of room for me to go up. To use the analogy of the man, I think the man has undeniably aged to some extent and is entering 
perhaps the twilight but i think there is a chance through pharmaceutical miracles the man could prolong its life before its eventual death and being reborn ah like a phoenix into a rebuilding baby of a team well i'd i'd also say that i mean we talk about age a lot in especially this league for a, a bunch of obvious reasons but i would argue that we talk about it maybe too much so i i would say sort of on a another analogy scale i'm like, my team is like a guy who just hit 55 and now everyone's talking about him dying like you know he's he's not a spry chicken but he's still got legs fair enough well well rick the man rick flair did win a couple of championships in his old age too so that's if that's, exactly if that's a different take on it <laughs> <laughs> uh you know that he continues to be an inspiration for us all rick flair so uh hopefully we can live up to his legacy uh, so uh, another interesting matchup. I got to be honest, I'm a little bit bummed that Jeremiah could not be here uh, for this taping because I really wanted to ask him about his matchup last week. Uh, he was facing Wendy. Uh, and as you will, of course, recall from last podcast, he had a, a lot of confidence, let's say, going into that matchup. Uh, he was convinced it was a, a pretty sure thing. Uh, and it ended up coming down to the final day uh, of the matchup to determine who would come out on top. He did win. Uh, 222 to 196, but uh, a little bit of a scare there for Jeremiah, huh? Uh, I'm not sure how he's uh, reacting to that right now. Um, I think it's like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, yeah, he did get. I was looking at the score and I was like, okay, he's. It was like tied coming into Sunday. It's a little bit of a scare for him, but uh, we we all thought it was gonna be a uh, walk in the park for him, but it did ended up just being coming down to the wire in the last day. Go ahead, Cam. I think, like, the, the takeaway here is the 200-point, like, level is actually, like, really important. Like, you need to get 200 points if you want to win a matchup, unless you're playing Nick and his team blows up and he picks up some owned prospect. Um, but I think it is, like, pretty impressive that Wendy was able to get this many points, although I don't know, like, how sustainable this is. Like, Brandon Phillips was pretty good in this week, but, I mean, Brandon Phillips being good means Wendy should probably trade Brandon Phillips but it's nice to know that uh, Jeremiah has now clinched not tying Payne's record for being the worst team in the history of this league. So uh, bravo to him. Mm. Uh, a big concern on his mind, no doubt. Uh, I also think that like, based on both the power rankings and sort of just a general objective sense of the league, Wendy is, if not the worst team, very close to the bottom. But the fact that she can uh, put up a, a nearly 200-point week, she can give a bit of a, a scare to a, a, a shark in the metaphorical league ocean. Like, I, I think that says a lot about the state of the league. And the fact that you just need a couple guys. I mean, she had Piscotti, Phillips, and Lindor, like, have good weeks. And that was enough to make it a, a really close matchup. Like, Brandon Phillips is an old man. But I think Wendy has an opportunity to do something kind of interesting with the rebuild without ever becoming super bad. Because, like... To rebuild your team shouldn't take that long. It's only like a year or two process. So like if you own like Nelson Cruz, you should trade him because he's super old. But like anyone who's below like say, I don't know, 31, 32, like they're still going to be good in a year or two, assuming they're good now. So like I think Wendy has an opportunity to actually find some players in their late 20s who can actually make her team good, reasonably good now and even better into the future. Mm. Mm. 
Uh, I will also say uh, for Jeremiah, uh, just looking at his performance on Sunday, a lot of the reason he did end up winning uh, the matchup was because of his bullpen. Uh, and the fact that he had a, a bunch of guys throw games on on the Sunday out of his bullpen, which is obviously fortuitous for him, but I, I think it also shows the importance of like in a bullpen we we have a tendency to prioritize closers sometimes, and it's true that closers can get you a lot of points, uh, especially if they're good. But what is really important is guys who are going to play in a lot of games. Because the that automatic point for being in a game is worth a lot, especially if he's throwing a, a complete inning or even multiple innings. Like that's that's big out of the bullpen, uh, and it's the little things that can make a difference sometimes. I'm just putting this out there. I have zero saves this year, and I have a shitload of points. So mm. exhibit A right there. <laughs> there, living proof. Well, if he. Kind of to segue into the next matchup, Wendy did score more points than Kaminsky and Richard 2.0 over here. Very true. Uh, and that was another matchup we were touting as a, a big one for the week. Uh, and this one kind of fizzled out a little bit, uh, but it was very close in the end. Uh, Richard uh, pulled out the victory, 194 points to Kaminsky's 192. Uh, Richard starting the season 2.0, uh, uh, very big for a new owner coming in and, uh, his team is looking pretty decent now, isn't it guys? I'm less impressed than I was. Like the first week was like really crazy with how many points he scored, but like he basically like won this on a fluke. Cause I mean like, like Wendy would have beat him. Right. So I'm less impressed now, but I mean like Cesar Hernandez has been like really crazy. And he does have, like, a Posey and Kipnis are both injured right now. So when they come back, like, I think he is a real threat for a playoff spot. Although that division is going to make it a little bit tougher. Mm. I think, yeah, like, I was, we were all, like, kind of shocked the point total he put up last week. But he kind of came down to earth a little bit with a 194 point total. But uh, I think with a, a healthy team and, like, guys bouncing back, I think he should kind of at least fight for a playoff spot near the end because he he got he has a couple of established guys so I wouldn't I wouldn't see why not mm. well and I mean I think if you look at sort of the worst players from that past matchup I mean if we assume that this 194 is a middling score maybe even on the low side for Richard's team like the guys who weren't playing well were you know guys like Brandon Belt, David Peralta, guys who will probably do better on the balance of the season, uh, and so that makes you think that you know even with a, a couple of guys having bad weeks, he can still put up a, a good performance, and that will really help him even in a tough division, uh, possibly make some noise and really uh, shake up our expectations. I think definitely think it's possible. Michael was also hurt by like Rich Hill, like I I said this to Adam um, a couple of days ago, but I think it's like ridiculous that we live in an era where you can tear the ligament in your elbow and have doctors surgically remove a ligament from your leg and thread it through your elbow so your arm works again and yet rich hill is sidelined by the excessively complicated condition of having a blister on his hand like you'd think there'd be a way to fix this but i guess it's just the way it is i think Mm -hmm just like one of those things where it's just going to continue to haunt this one player like just freak injury that's just gonna i think you got i talked about a player back in the day having the same issue who was out for like 
months and months because of I, the band. I don't know if this so. is the player, but I know that my dad um really hates Al Leiter because when he played for the Blue Jays, he missed a bunch of time with a blister, and my dad just thought it was like the wimpiest thing ever. But apparently, this is a real thing that prevents you from pitching. So clearly, my dad owes Al Leiter a big apology. No, if it's Rich Hill's pitching hand that has the blister. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is? Okay. That makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, well, and I also think that this is one of those times where the intersection of, like, real baseball strategy and fantasy baseball strategy is interesting because, I, like, the Dodgers have made it very clear that they aren't going to really rush Rich Hill on this one, I guess. And, you know, they're they're going to try and spread him out a little bit more so that he's not constantly injured with this blister basically and they're they started taking their patience with it which is a smart decision if you're the owner of a major league club but if you're kaminsky what do you do with that information i mean do you try and trade rich hill now are you going to get anything from him uh you know like what's the what's the move from kaminsky's perspective i mean if he's on the dl it's less of a problem but i guess it's just something that you it really sucks for a competing team to have to burn like a starter spot yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Kaminsky obviously got some tough decisions to make. Uh, looking at another interesting matchup uh, from this past week, uh, I was a little bit surprised by this one. Uh, I guess, and the the sort of I don't want to say lopsidedness of it, but Jeffrey Chow beating Chris Kennedy two forty eight to one seventy four. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, being 1-0 after week one isn't exactly an indication of greatness, uh, but Chris took a, a big hit here, and, I mean, Chow really looking like a, a contending team. He's uh, back in championship form already. Yeah, I mean, it's not that much of a surprise. Like, I guess Chris's team, like, he's had some trouble. Like, Encarnacion basically hasn't done anything this year, but it would have taken a lot for him to beat Jeffrey Chow, and Jeffrey Chow's team is very well managed and built so i'm not surprised i actually have a breaking news update right now there appears to be a three-team trade that has happened um Ooh. the recently suspended uh starling Marte has been traded uh we're still waiting to see where he's going to this hasn't even been announced yet in the slack channel although i guess by the time people listen to this it won't really be a breaking news update but Starling Marte is leaving Ryan's team along with TJ Zoich and some pick that doesn't matter. And he appears to be getting back uh, Randall Grychuk, Raphael Devers, Dominic Smith, and my 17th, which is cool. And then he's going to trade that, that Grychuk and Austin Meadows to Ian for Matt Kemp, who is very bad. And Kyle Tucker. So yeah, that's wow, interesting. That was... <laughs> Bold move. It took wow. a couple of hours for him to replace Marte, I guess. Yeah, Marte gets suspended at noon, and he's out so by to, midnight. To clarify, Marte <laughs> is going to Garth. I believe that is the my understanding of what's happening here. Yes, Garth Newton. Wow. Which makes sense because I guess he's not really competing this year anyway, so he doesn't care. And he clearly doesn't have very many scruples because he let me play on a softball team, so ethics just don't matter. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to say that's a win for Garth Newton. 
because uh, I mean, it's not like Marte is gone for even the whole year. He's just missing a couple months. And if if Garth Newton's not planning on competing this year, anyways, like that's a big get for him. And uh, I I mean, I'm not sure Matt Kemp is really the guy to fill that uh, void. Did you guys think uh, Ryan jumped the gun here? I mean, a bit with this. I suggested to him that he should trade Starling Marte to a team that he uh, doesn't really like because I think it's like really bad to have a player who's just a zero on your team who is suspended. Uh, I'm sure Nick can speak to this, how, how much it's helped his team so far, having a suspended player. Um, but this is obviously a way longer suspension, and I guess I guess it just doesn't matter for Garth. But I think... Ryan, I don't know if you'd get a much better package. Like, it has to be a team like Garth. Like, most other competitive teams probably aren't too interested in paying you a bunch for Marte. Yeah, I remember I had the same situation. Actually, funny that it was Garth, because I traded D. Gordon, who was suspended around the same games to Garth. So, same similar situation for him this year again. Well, see, I would say, I mean, full disclosure, Ryan did ask me for my opinion on this deal before it happened, but I think this is a mistake on his part for a couple reasons. Number one, if you look at Ryan's lineup, I mean, he's got, he's got, it's pretty much stacked at every position, even with missing uh, Marte in left field. So he's, he's not losing a ton by just shortening his bench keeping Marte on his roster in a bench slot and just rolling with a, a shorter number of batters. Like, that's not a huge deal to him. Uh, number two, like, from my own personal experience, as someone who traded away A.J. Pollock when he was hurt for the, the season and is now kind of regretting that, I mean, ultimately, I think that if Marte comes back and is productive, that's huge. Whereas with Kemp, like, is Kemp a keeper on Ryan's team as it stands? Almost certainly not. So he's basically paid... A, a great young player uh, who, I mean, maybe he'll be worse when he comes back. We'll see. But in any case, he's a, an asset, a strong asset. He's sold low on in exchange for a guy who's going to fill a specific role for, in theory, 80 games. So uh, I'm not really sure uh, if that's the, the best move strategically from Ryan's point, but I guess he has a, a strong moral compass on these issues and wanted to ship him out quick. Uh, like I live in the echo chamber of Matt Camp hate, but... I really, really don't like Matt Kemp. Like, he... Jatish told me that he doesn't think Matt Kemp is going to have a job next year. But, like, he's not really in a good situation. Like, Atlanta is not a good team. And as soon as they feel they have, like, a younger player who they want to give playing time to, they're going to, like, trade Kemp's ass away or just nail him to the bench. Because they, like, don't really get anything out of him. Even if he's playing somewhat well. Yeah, I think Matt Kemp is very quickly going to become the next Melvin Upton, where he's going to be, you know, just bouncing around out of a job soon, and uh, he doesn't have a long future, even if he makes it through this season. Fun fact, Matt Kemp, I believe, is the first ever draft pick that Ryan's franchise ever made when it was controlled by a much inferior owner, Varun. Interesting. Oh, wow. How do you even remember that? <laughs> Varun had a big uh, obsession with Matt Camp back in the day, so I'm pretty sure that's who it was. And I think, isn't he hurt too? How long is he out for? That is actually a good question. Oh, I'm actually wrong about Matt Camp. I apologize. Oh, uh, Varun acquired him from Wesley before the first ever matchup uh, in the first ever season. But he is an OG Varun player, which is what matters. 
Mm. Well, I, I don't think he's... I'm looking at him right now. I don't think he's good to go for this week, so that helps me out because Jason Ryan this week. But I don't know. I think he kind of jumped the gun with this one. He could have kind of waited a bit, looked at other options because he did just got suspended at, like, noon. And I guess he wanted a replacement right away. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, at the very least, if you're looking at sort of the economics of fantasy baseball, like, you could not sell Marte at a lower point. Like, the the fact that he got Kemp from him is, like, even a mild surprise, and that's how little I think of Kemp already. Like, it's, it's a surprise that he was able to get that, I guess. But, like, you got to think that if he waited even just a little bit longer, he could have sussed out a better deal. So, uh... Uh, I'd question that at decision Camp, from Ryan. Sorry, um, at least like, Camp is actually injured, though, so he can DL Camp and pick up someone else. Hmm. I was about to say, though, like, Nick made a good point. Like, he has a deep team. Like, I think if he could have just held on to him, like, kind of have a short bench and have him come back strong when when there's a good playoff push for him, I, I think it would have worked out as well. But, well, he, he had his mind set up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so getting back into the, the matchups from last week, we still got a, a couple more to run through quickly before we move on to this week's matchups and maybe a little bit more trade talk. Uh, Aiden and Ash uh, had a, an interesting battle there. Uh, Aiden came out on top, 234 to 207. Uh, again, both teams now 1-1 one one after this matchup. Uh, Aiden was helped uh, a lot in this one by his pitching. Uh, he got uh, big starts out of Drew Pomerantz uh, and David Robertson out of the bullpen, really helping him out. So uh, I, I know that Aiden has been uh, a little unhappy with the strength of his team as it's been portrayed in our retellings of it. But, I mean, this is a good win for him. A decent point total, too. Uh, how, do we, how do we feel about this? Both these teams are bad, and they're not going to make the playoffs, so I don't care. Ooh. <laughs> so you're already uh, throwing well, ash to clarify, out the Aiden has a team that I think this is basically his ceiling, so I don't think it's going to get many weeks better than this. And beating Ashley is kind of nice because Ashley is a team that might be better than him. Um, but Ashley's like starter situation is messed up. Like, he doesn't have enough starters, and because of this, like I don't think his team can score as many points as you, it probably should because there's like too many spots wasted on like random bench bats. Who like it's nice and all if you have like a guy on your bench who scores a bunch of points, but it's not nice when those points don't count because they're on your bench. And this seems to happen actually like yeah. over and over again. Mm. Well, and I mean, obviously the question and the the storyline with Ash is that his ship is all banged up. Yeah, you know, half his guys are on the DL now, uh, and so on one hand, it's a good thing because as those guys start to come back he'll he'll have more talent available but on the other hand like this is really causing a logjam for him all the guys he's not able to use right now yeah it, sorry go yeah, ahead. i think i think yeah i think for him like like you said everything just went uh, half his team is dl and half of them jeremiah shipped to him too <laughs> the guys like that he got for him but uh yeah I think he it did bite him uh, last week in terms of like beating Aiden. Aiden, like you said, Cam, I think this is it. Like this is the ceiling for him. Right? Looking at his squad, like he has a deep bullpen, but that's pretty much it. No, there's not much hype around his team there. 
Well, and I'm also going to give uh, Ash some free advice right now, just looking at his roster. Ash, just drop Will Smith. Like, it's not happening, bud. You do not need to keep him. Move someone else into that DL spot and, like, make your team a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, I would better. argue, like, Luis Perdomo is a cool player, too. But, like, I don't think dropping Luis Perdomo is going to be something you're going to, like, regret for years to come. So that's another player who, like, you really don't need. And even Despafani, you probably shouldn't drop him. But if you did... I mean, I think it's defensible in the pursuit of actually winning. Yeah, well, I mean, from Ash's perspective, I guess, if Segura's coming back this week, uh, and, uh, yeah, if Aaron Sanchez is also not going to be out for a long time, then maybe just drop Will Smith and move Perdomo to the DL. But, I mean... It's all it's all how you think of it, I guess. And if you're willing to lose a Perdomo, then you might as well. Yeah. I looked at the last day too here. I think he be- he benched Greg Bird, who put up almost 15 points. Sound like he would have made a difference, but another yeah. kind of managing decision there for Onash. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, our penultimate matchup from last week to talk about. Uh, we have the Jathish Garth Newton showdown, uh, a real rumble, uh, with Jathish coming out on top, 197 to 177. Uh, Cam, uh, given that you're in a Jathish's room right now, uh, do you have, uh, any insights onto this performance from him? Jathish is disgraceful, and that's all I'm going to say because my computer's going to die, so I'm going to go run and get my charger, and you guys can feel free to analyze the rest of this without me, but I'll be back in about two minutes. All right. Okay. Uh, you know, this is how you know uh, that this podcast is unedited, folks. Uh, I put very little effort into this. And sometimes people have to leave on air. So uh, that's just the way it goes here in show business. Isn't that right, Jamil? Oh, yeah. I could relate. I remember leaving you guys last season because I had to, like, make a suit exchange. So <laughs> you guys remember that. So <laughs> uh, Classic. So I think, yeah, just going back to Jatish's matchup, uh, I had actually Garth winning this one, but he still made a close 20-point difference. But uh, I'm, I'm not really shocked that Jatish won. He is the better team. Uh, so what's your take on this matchup? Uh, I believe I also had Garth winning, so I guess I'm disappointed he couldn't. Uh, he's made this big trade now for Marte, so uh, that'll be interesting for him, uh, I guess. But like, just looking at this matchup, I mean, neither of these teams are very good. Uh, Jatish relied very heavily on his pitching compared to his batters, whereas uh, Garth Newton was a little bit more balanced. So you got to think that gives an edge to Newton going forward, assuming that he can keep that up. Uh and that for Jatish, uh, maybe pick up some guys who can like hit for average, bud. Uh, find a couple guys who just you know put the both the ball of these in teams are sometimes. probably building for next year though, if not further down the road. Like I know like Jatish is looking for players who he can generally like stash for a while, and obviously Garth like just traded for Sterling Marte. I don't know if someone just said that, but it's clear like some of this is just like. Teams going through a transitional stage aren't going to put up huge points consistently. Sure, although, I mean, I would argue that if Jathish is rebuilding, he's not doing a very good job of it. And it's sort of a a rebuilding by just 
collecting garbage. I mean, I, I, this happened, like, as much as you can look at Jatish's team and be like, I don't see a good rebuild happening here. You have to remember that, like, Jatish in the... I think it was the bully pen year. Jatish won like two games and his team like set the record for the fewest points ever scored. And he spent the year basically building for the, he wasn't rebuilding as much as reloading, just getting players who we thought would be good next year. And then the next year he won like 15, 16 games and basically like should have made it to the finals, but he got his ass kicked by Jeffrey Lim um, in the first round. But I'm just saying mm. like Jatish is dangerous because he doesn't know what he's doing. And like some of these guys like Nick Castellanos are like, probably like really underrated fair although i would say like just if you look at the two teams on paper garth newton versus jathish like garth newton has a bunch of guys who are you know they have a, a high potential of being studs in a year or two and you know with some of jathish's guys you wonder their role players now will is that all they're ever going to amount to like i i do not see Nick Castellanos making an all-star team in the near future. Uh, not to leak too much of Jatish's proprietary statistics, but Nick Castellanos's exit velocity when he hits the ball is ridiculous. So whatever that's worth, that is somewhat of an indication that there might be more there than meets the eye. Or it's an indication that maybe you need better stats to go off of I guess we'll exit see, velocity. Right? The real question is, does he have an ugly girlfriend? Oh, unfortunately, our databases uh, don't seem to have this information, but we could probably hang out like outside of Comerica and figure it out. Just like some minor stalking, probably get the job done. Uh, according to the incredible resource player playerwives.com uh, which is basically equivalent to fan graphs now uh, he has a very lovely wife and a nice baby so uh, congrats to Mr. Castellanos good for him uh, finally the, the last matchup of week 2 that we haven't talked about uh, Wes, uh, Jeffrey Lim squaring off here uh, and Wes is the one to pull out the victory 203 uh, to 185. Uh, I guess the real question is, does anybody care? Jeffrey Lim cares. Really. He cares that <laughs> Suspendus basically like single-handedly beat him. Yeah, he had a hot week. <laughs> no kidding. Um. Yeah, this was kind of a meh matchup. No one. I. I think I had. Lim actually winning this one from my predictions, but I'm not really surprised again of the result. Yeah, I mean, it could have gone either way. Uh, one interesting thing, uh, which I, you know, I kind of mentioned for the last matchup, but in this one, Wes, his batters put up 117 compared to his pitchers only putting up 86, uh, which is a bit unusual. Uh, I think one of the big hindrances for him was Stephen Wright's negative 14 uh, that he dropped. So uh, a little bit unfortunate there, but not a lot of teams you see right now that have a more he powerful hitting part of this weekend, Jonathan Papelbon. Um, who doesn't really contribute to anything, considering he is not not employed by a major league team. So I'm glad he remedied that issue. Mm. No, uh, a key to fantasy baseball is guys who play baseball. So uh, g- glad to see that change happen. 
wondering why ESPN still has him as under the Generally, watch. Generally, guys like still, like pseudo retire or become free agents, they don't always get updated because like there's no real demand for it. I don't know. It's kind of just a weird ESPN thing. But I'm pretty sure, like when Mariano Rivera was there, I don't know if he's still around. But if when he was there for like two years, he was always Yankees reliever Rivera, and I'm pretty sure Ortiz is still in the Red Sox because you could pick him up. Or like Fielder is still in Texas, mm-hmm. even though he's retired. Mm. I think uh, Nick, we're forgetting about the other commissioner here. I don't think we we didn't talk about. His. Oh, <laughs> uh, true. Uh, that's uh, that's something Freudian. Uh, yeah, uh, Flex also played last week, believe it or not, uh, and he beat Ian, uh, two seventy four to one sixty seven. So a uh, big week for Flex. Uh, a not very good week for Ian. Uh. Nothing really surprising about that result, uh, I would say. I don't think you can call him a loser this week, Nick. So, <laughs> uh, sadly, not. Uh, Flex is a uh, Mister Five Hundred now. Uh, very, very even. So, uh, I, I can only hope he he keeps such a balance in the weeks to come. Yeah, I. <laughs> but I think his two seventy four point total is uh, should. That's really where his uh, ceiling in. And limit should be like around high, high near to three hundreds where he struggled last week. But yeah, I'm not surprised. Hmm. Yeah, this is basically just exactly what we thought would happen. And I mean, like Ian is also going through some roster turnover, so he was never going to have much of a chance here. Yeah. So what do we do it now? Uh. So that that. That all uh, now is all the matchups from week two. Uh, we can talk about this current week in a second, but there is uh, one thing that I, I found that is a little bit interesting, uh, which is that after two weeks, there are now only four undefeated teams and four winless teams, uh, meaning that in this 20-team league, 12 teams are one and one after two weeks. I mean, that's... Very interesting, and that's a that's a lot of parody yeah, for the league. Size. I'd say we'll see. So see where we are in like four or five weeks. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I know that like in previous seasons, the undefeated season watch has gone to like the All Star Breaker beyond. I uh, I'm just wondering right now if we'll get that far, or whether it's going to be a situation where everyone's taking at least one loss by I think, you like, know. So the May four teams just a. Clarify this, I guess, are Garth McInnes, Richard Kelly, uh, Jeffrey Chow, and Jeremiah. Is that correct? So I would say that like, I think yes, Jeffrey correct. Chow has a good chance of actually keeping this going. Like, he's playing Aiden this week, and he's currently winning. Sorry if I'm spoiling this. Uh, I don't think Richard Kelly will keep doing this much <laughs> longer. Um but, I'm, like, Jeremiah has a pretty good shot at it, too. Like, his team's good enough that he'd have to run into, like, a pretty decent result to uh, not win. And, I mean, even my dad... Like, my dad's playing the other Garth, the Battle of the Garths. So, I mean, he has a shot. Although, last week wasn't very encouraging. Mm. I mean, I guess of those four, like, Chow and Jeremiah are definitely... I'd say in a, a different class than the other two. Uh, although Jeremiah has put up fewer points on the season uh, than Richard ha- Richard 2.0. Uh, but, I mean, maybe Chow can 
make things interesting with the potential to go wire to wire. But based on what I've seen so far, I mean, it seems like any even these good teams can have bad weeks and are with a fair bit of regularity. Uh, so, you know, who knows uh, what's going to yeah. happen going forward. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking of seeing, it is week three right now, uh, and I guess we can lead off with that ma- matchup that uh, was so helpfully spoiled a second ago by Cam. Uh, Chow does have uh, a lead on Aiden in their matchup. Uh, we're recording this just for the record on Tuesday night, now Wednesday morning, uh, a little after midnight here, uh, and Chow is up 73 and a half points to Aiden's 41.4. Uh I guess uh, it looks likely that Chow is going to pull yeah, one out no, and uh, move to 3-0. I think we're all should be all in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the one guy, I mean, I think one of the things, uh, we've, we've had some feedback that the preview section is maybe not the most interesting part of the show. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to maybe spice things up a little bit by talking about some guys I would anticipate to have good weeks. Uh, From Chow's perspective, I mean, Ryan Braun has already been crushing it. Uh, He had a a big uh, game yesterday. Uh, He's got uh, 17.8 points on the week so far. Uh, And, you know, he's got a bit of a tougher week in terms of matchups, playing the Cubs uh, and then St. Louis. But ultimately, I feel like, you know, he's a guy that uh, is he's still a good fantasy player despite what people have predicted. And uh, I think he's going to be good for Chow this week and, and hopefully all season. Uh, and uh, jumping over to Aiden's team, uh, so far he hasn't really had any uh, standout performances. Uh, but one guy that I would I would be curious to see how he does is uh, Carlos Santana, who has been a, a bit of a not exactly setting the world on fire early in the season uh i mean he's never going to hit for average but i think he can do a lot better than this uh and i'd be interesting to see if he can start that turnaround now i mean you know going into the third full week of the season that's when you really want guys who are on your major league teams to settle in and really start to produce so uh maybe we'll see yeah that from i'm going to take this opportunity to call out aiden and ask how can you own Carlos Santana and not have a team name that's like a joke about the other Carlos Santana? Like this Lucas Duda thing is just lame. <laughs> well, see, I, personally, I like the Duda thing. I, I thought that was clever. But the logo is just not selling it. Like, I don't know if Aiden made that himself or if he just did a very, very sloppy Google search. But I think you've got many better opportunities for a team logo sure. than what's currently yeah, being Yeah, I agree. I, like, I think Chow's definitely going to win this matchup. Like, I don't know if there's much else to say. It's hard to say which players are going to do well. Like, Ryan Braun is helped out by hitting behind uh, Eric Thames because, like, both of them have been really hot. So, like, they just contribute to, like, RBI and runs for each other. Mm. Yeah, this should be a this should be a walk in the park for Chow. Uh, another matchup. Uh, this one might be a little bit closer. Uh, Jeremiah's matchup. Uh, against Ian. Uh, you'd think the two and O team would have no problem dispatching the O and two team. Uh, but right now Jeremiah sixty three points. Ian fifty three. Uh, could this be an upset special already? No. Uh, given how things are going for Ian. Well, I would say if 
that Jeremiah should have this, but he did get a little bit of a scare from Wendy last week. So I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of happens, same situation happens for him this week. But at the end of there the day, no he should pick up the W here. Yeah. I, I don't disagree that Jeremiah should win. Uh, I will point out that, I mean, both teams have now had two games started. Uh, neither team uh, really impressed with the, the starters that they've had, uh, especially not Jeremiah getting uh, not a great start out of Michael Fulmer. But, I mean, I I would say that there's always a chance for an upset in the league. Uh and Ian's got some guys who are a little bit underrated right now. Uh, I know Cole Calhoun, uh, not a, he's 0 for 8 on the week so far. And people in general in this league, I think, look down on him a bit. But I could see him being uh, maybe, you know, not the best player on the week, but he could be a positive contributor compared to what he's been doing now. Uh, for Jeremiah's team, I mean, you know, got a lot of great guys, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of great guys. Let's say Goldschmidt will be good this week, just because he's he's a good old guy. That Paul Goldschmidt, uh, good looking too. Jose Ramirez is uh, on a hot streak too for him, so he should continue it this week. Unfortunately, Jose Ramirez yeah, is no, the opposite uh, also of good true. looking. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, he can always hit the hit the ball with his face. Yeah, a uh, la uh, Steven Piscotti. <laughs> uh, speaking of Piscotti, uh, Wendy in a, you know, Wendy's not exactly getting an easy welcome to the league. Uh, she lost to Jeremiah last week. Now she's up against Flex this week. Uh, keeping it close so far, uh, 35 points for Flex, 32 for Wendy. Uh, but again, uh, I'm going to guess that you uh, guys yes, think sir. that this one's handily flexes. Mm-hmm. This should be a three, all three unanimous decision. Yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree. I think that flex has got this. Uh, I was preparing when I was doing a little bit of, of pre-pro on this episode of the weekly show. I was going to say that Kevin Gaussman was going to be Wendy's player of the week because he's got two starts, uh, but he just laid an egg today against Cincinnati of all people. So, I mean, sorry, Wendy. Uh, for Flex, uh, you know, I, Ben Zobrist is just a guy I like, and I wish he was back on my team. Uh, but the best I can do is wish him well in this matchup and see if he, uh, if he can not turn out a, a couple good hitting performances there for Flex. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Flex is going to win this matchup. There's not much else to say. Like with Wendy, it sucks that Kevin Gossman apparently sucks. But I mean, that's just like what you deal with when you have young pitchers. And I mean, she's definitely in a position to wait and see with Gossman, right? There's no reason to trade him right now. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's the story of Wendy's pitching overall. She's got a bunch of good younger guys uh, mixed with a couple of veterans that she might be looking to flip later. But, you know, like, she's not always going to get the consistency that you would get out of these, you know, so-called ace pitchers that you can pop in every week and have them churn out nothing but good results. Yeah. Uh, the next matchup, uh, very close to my heart, obviously, uh, is myself against Kaminsky. Uh, Kaminsky got the early lead, uh, got 69 points to my 55. 
Uh, I know from your your guys' outsider perspective, will I finally get my first win no. of the the 2017 season now? <laughs> a very bold no. Um, man, you really got a tough one. First three weeks, I I thought you were gonna pull it. Uh, pull one. Uh, last week, Nick, seeing just your schedule ahead, you give mm-hmm. yourself a good win. Uh, in between the weeks, but yeah, I don't. I don't kind of I don't see it against Mike this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not gonna bet against myself or anything like that. Uh, I did think that my pitching was gonna line up uh, a lot better last week than it ended up doing, so that's disappointing. Obviously, uh, I do think though that I have the potential, especially if uh, I get a couple more good pitching starts, uh, like what I got out of Lance Lynn last night. Maybe I'll be able to uh, to pull it off with fewer starts than would be optimal. And uh, Familia comes back on Thursday, so you know, uh, I'm I'm glad he'll go back to battering batters yes. rather than women. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't, I thought he was gonna he was gonna be suspended for much long, but Clearly I guess it's not as bad as doing steroids. It's not that bad. So. <laughs> I I mean, absolutely, integrity of the game, baby. Yeah, you're you're gonna get punished <laughs> in the morality rankings. I can tell you that already. <laughs> I feel like everyone's taking these morality rankings too seriously. Can I say that? Like, I get that, you know, obviously it's fun. And, you know, you, I, I would assume all things being equal would want a more moral team. But, like, you know, a couple you know, hundred years you gotta ago, do what you gotta some do. Other people who said something kind of like what you're saying now, who said, I think these Spanish inquisitors are taking this whole thing too seriously. And then they died. So, watch out. <laughs> uh, just got dark quick <laughs> that's you know uh, an interesting point i guess uh not not sure how to respond to that uh if this is my last episode on the weekly show tell my family i love them well uh, uh speaking of dark what about uh um, jeffrey's team against so i have 100 points and it's been two days and i've used two starters so I'm not going to respect Jeffrey by even analyzing this matchup. I'm just going to complain about playing basketball against him in grade seven because I was short and he just blocked me every fucking time I had the ball. So I hate that guy. <laughs> hmm. Just a question. He's not, he's is he, not he, as good he as you. Good? He, he just like, he's good at playing defense basically. And he has no skill, which is the same as me, except I'm not good at playing defense. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, Cam, I guess I'll let you pick your uh, player of the week, considering you're off to such a, a good start. Who do you I think mean, is going to be your MVP this week? Teams. Like he only needs like he's already at twenty points, so another game with a home run, and he's basically at thirty, and that pretty much gives it to him. So even if he's like a net zero for the rest of the week, which is probably realistic, I think it's going to be him. You guys know if if the Jays ever considered bringing him back? Uh, I don't think so. They should have, but I, I, mean, I was actually kind of pissed off that the Rockies that. didn't sign him because that would have been even more ridiculous, and he would have been like way cheaper than Ian Desmond and better than Ian Desmond. But I digress. <laughs> mm. Mm. 
uh, looking at uh, Lim's team uh, for some some hope. Uh, I guess uh, Elvis Andrus uh, often gets overlooked on these Texas teams of late, but I mean he's good. He hits the ball sometimes. Uh, he he gets a good average, so uh, maybe he'll have a a big week there for Lim. And obviously Cam will still win, of course, because Cam's already determined that. And like, look at the scoreboard realistically, but you know. Good good work, Elvis Andrus, if you can do well. Okay. Yeah, I think Cam should have this. <laughs> uh another matchup that's off to a, a hot hot start would be the ultimate showdown, Richard Tillo versus Wes. Uh Richard Tillo currently up sixty four points to fifty nine points. Uh, trying to go to uh, two and one in this. It's a, a battle of one and one teams after two weeks. Uh, and it, I mean, it looks like Richard Tillo has a, an early edge, uh, especially considering the the starting pitching situation. Uh, and he had a, a great performance today from Miguel Gonzalez, putting up twenty one points, pitched eight point one innings. Like that was good for crazy. him, man. Uh, yeah, I don't. Both these teams are just kind of inconsistent, so it's really hard to know like who's gonna win. Like I really don't have much of an opinion. Like I guess I take Richard, but I don't know. They're really, really close. Yeah, I think it's either either or for this for this matchup, but I must say Wes. Uh, I think Cespit is, and uh, bets are just finally heating up, and it should continue. Uh, yeah, you're you're right that it's never smart to bet against Cespedes, but I do think Richard Tillo uh, has this one, especially if West ends up trading away Franco, uh, which I think would be like a mistake on his part. I know Franco hasn't exactly set the world on fire to start the season, uh, and you know maybe he's worth more in a trade than being held on to. But at the same time, like West isn't competing for anything this season, you know. He's almost certainly not going to be in the playoffs, even in a best-case scenario. So why wouldn't you hold on to a guy with potential and try and rebuild through him a little bit? I mean, that, that's what I would say, but I don't know what potential trades he's talking about, what he might be getting in return. So uh, I guess we'll wait and see on that front. Yeah. I don't think there's much else to say about that one. I guess how about... Uh... Sorry, go ahead. Uh... Uh, I was just going to say, like... Chris no, no, you and Ashley is also kind of a similar matchup. Like, I think on paper, Ashley's team is probably better. And, like, he has picked up, like, some, like, RPSP guys who have remedied his – or helped to remedy some of his starter issues. But I just wonder if, like, he'll get enough guys back from injury. And, I mean, like, Chris – like, Encarnacion definitely did something tonight. So I think, like, Chris does have a bit of a breakout coming. Like, I could definitely see Chris beating Ashley, even if it's not maybe the most likely outcome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also curious how uh, Chris is going to handle his pitching situation because he had two starters go last night, uh, Jarrell Cotton and Derek Holland. Neither of them did very well for what it's worth. Uh, and then tonight already he had two starts again uh, in Hamill and Shelby Miller, uh, both of which went slightly better, but not exactly the, the kind of high-quality start you would want, ideally. Uh, and so it's it's going to be interesting to see. I don't. I'm not going to take the time to count ahead and figure out where he's going to end up on the week. But if he does have to choose who not to start or who to sit so that he can go over on Sunday, uh, it'll be interesting to see what decisions he make because uh, that like that can be a real challenge for a manager sometimes figuring out 
what to do in a situation where you're going to go over the cap prematurely. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like people get too wrapped up in this. Yeah. Like, if you can get 10 starts, like, 10 starts is 10 starts. If you max out on Friday or you max out on Sunday, it doesn't actually have any bearing on how well you're going to do. But I feel like people like maxing out on Sunday because it's uncomfortable to max out and then just watch the other team pile up the points and, like, creep and get closer to you. Well, but I mean, it's also a question of making sure your best pitchers are playing at the the right time. So I like obviously when you do go over, you want to go over in a big way. Uh, but I mean, like if you look, Chow, if you're listening, uh, you should do a Chow graphs on this because there it does seem like there are a lot of matchups where teams who start only six or seven pitchers are still winning against teams that start eight, nine, or ten sometimes. Uh, and you know, obviously, quantity does sometimes beat quality. But a lot of times, like as long as you have your stud guys having good outings, like it doesn't really matter that much where you are in relation yeah. to the cap. And I mean, you definitely see that with different teams. Like Ryan, I don't yes. think Ryan like yeah. really oh. add drops many of his starters, and his starters scored a lot of points against me. Whereas like I use some like kind of rando guys, and I did pretty well against him. But I don't know. Like, I had the the strength of numbers, but, like, trusting certain players, like a Charlie Morton, it's not the same as trusting, like, Madison Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. One, also, like, if you look at the, the starters that Chris has on paper, like, his best guy is probably Jarrell Cotton, but, like, it's a lot of second-hand guys. So, uh, yeah, not exactly a situation where you know who your top guys are to trust and then yeah. you can just plug them in like that. Yeah, just I think just looking at his team, uh, pitching is definitely the weakness because he's got, he's got bats, obviously, Daniel Murphy, Edwin, um, even Adam, uh, Justin Turner. So definitely if your top guy is Gerald Cotton, just a little bit of worry there. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to actually predicting the matchup, I would say that probably Ash is going to win. Uh, he does have that 25-point penalty, but, I mean, if he can at least figure out something of his DL and maybe get Segura back and just have a good week, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win this. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to go yeah, Chris. I think I'll go with Chris. I'm well. going to go Chris. Take the underdog. No particular reason. No reason. No, no reason. I think Cam just said it's these two are these teams are inconsistent, and anyone could really win. So I'm just gonna go with Chris. Uh, well, uh, Jamil, speaking of you, you've got a another interesting matchup this week. You've uh, you've got a real interesting start to the season. Uh, I know we said that last week, but it remains true. Uh, facing off against Ryan this week. So far, after two days, it's, it's pretty close. Uh, you do have the edge, though, 23 points to his 20. Uh, how are you feeling in this one? Uh, I think I said last week I'd rather have, like, Ryan or, like, Adam and Mike early on than later, so um, I think I'm catching catching him on a good time. Uh, Marte did get suspended from him, but he just traded him, so I guess. And Kemp is going to be out, so that helps me out, but uh, uh, I, I think I should make it close. But uh, I'm going to go bold, and I think I'm going to dethrone the king for the week. 
Uh, that's a bold pick, but I mean, not entirely unreasonable, especially considering that Strowman had a, a pretty poor start for him today. Uh, I don't think I'm so bold as to, to pick you to win, but I do think it's going to be a closer matchup than some people might think. Uh, and I think, you know, we talk a lot about Ryan being one of the top teams in this league, but I mean, so far this season, he has not looked like that. So unless he manages to get more solid performances out of these guys that, you know, should be performing well in his lineup, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to maybe be a bit of a turbulent start to the season for him. I don't doubt that he's like for sure still like maybe even the best or second best team. It's just I think I'm just catching him on a really good time, and that's why I'm just picking myself and uh, I think... hoping to take advantage of that. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, um, well, I would say that like Ryan did go ahead. score a lot of points last week, so I mean oh, he's in somewhat good form. But I don't know. Like there's I, I don't really respect any team that owns Salvador Perez because Salvador Perez is bad. Hitting for power and playing defense doesn't matter if you never walk. Um, and I, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I believe in you, Jamil, and I definitely think you can beat him. So please do that, because I would like to win my division. I mean, going back to, to Ryan for a second, like, I would say that his problem is that he's got, I, it's not exactly a boomer bust situation but he does have some guys who are going to have big variations in their performance week to week and last season that didn't really cost him uh at least not before the the end of the year but i mean this year i think already uh between you know some bad luck with matchups being stronger than they maybe would have been at other times and you know all the other things like i i think that ryan is looking more beatable than he'd like to. So hopefully uh, his guys start performing regularly for him. But if not, like Jamil pulling off the upset, definitely not out of the question. So uh, Nick, who do you have as a MVPs for each team? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make an ironic pick for Ryan. Obviously, he just traded for Matt Kemp uh, to fill his left field gap. Uh, but Kemp is out for the week, uh, and I'm going to predict that Brandon Drury uh, is just going to like be amazing this week. Just really hit well, get a ton of points, uh, and just put Ryan in an awkward situation where he doesn't know what to do going forward. Because that would be funny. That would. Uh, and... Uh, you know, Chris Davis, Chris with a K Davis, uh, he's been a, a great player for Oakland to start the season. Uh, and I, I think he's going to keep it up. I, I think he's going to, you know, he might not be hitting 320 all year, but I definitely see him being able to, to hit well, uh, at least this week, and uh, maybe put up some big points for you, Jamil. Definitely one of those guys I see being consistent with power. Like you said, he's not going to hit 320 the whole season. But uh, I, I do expect that pr- productivity out of the my left field slash Utah spot. But yeah, I don't agree. With, I don't disagree with that. Mm, well, maybe if he hits well enough, Ryan will try and uh, acquire him from you, and then you can uh, charge a king's ransom. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, which matchups have we not done? Is I it just the, also, the one that's left? Oh no, we didn't do. Yeah, I was just going to say, 
Uh, Richard and Deathleash, uh, interesting start. Richard, of course, as we've mentioned a couple times, 2-0 on the season. Very good for him. But Jathish is coming out swinging up uh, 67 points to Richard's 27 uh, after two days. Uh, I don't even think it's indicative be of a, I think Richard a big Kelly's upset just going to regress to scoring what he should be scoring, which is like around 200 points uh, a week. And it could even be worse this week just for bad luck. So, like, I think, like, Richard Kelly's team is not great, and Jatish will beat him, and I'm going to steal your MVP part that you've done for the other matchups, and I will personally guarantee that after hitting a home run tonight, Trevor Story will come alive and uh, just have a stupid week for Jatish. I I can see that. Uh, I am going to pick Richard, I think. Uh, I know Jathish has had a hot start to the week so far, uh, but I don't see him being able to keep up this pace. And I think, I mean, even if Richard is not as good as his record would indicate, I still see him as being uh, like a better team than Jathish's. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the better team to win this one. Uh, and if I'm looking at an MVP... Uh, for Richard's team, I mean, I mentioned before, but Brandon Belt has had a bad start to the year, but historically he's been a slow starter, uh, and he's also uh, got a couple of good matchups this week, considering that he's playing uh, at Kansas City and at Colorado, uh, and so that will hopefully help his bat come alive, and uh, maybe he can belt a couple uh, and really show up for Richard. I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go Jatish on this week. Um, I think Richard 2.0 should come back to earth a little bit. And Jatish should steal one this week. And like Cam said, Trevor's story, he, he wasn't going to stay cold forever, forever. So I think this should be the week where he finally wakes up. Hmm. Well, it's a, a certainly an interesting matchup, I guess. Uh, one to keep an eye on. But of course, we've saved the best matchup for all. Uh, in all of this week's matchups the the one you've all been waiting for we want it you want it we'll talk about it now garth v garth newton v mckinnis the ultimate showdown so excited for this one in week three already it's just an instant classic uh right now newton has the edge 60 points to the undefeated garth mckinnis's 35 points uh i mean obviously garth is going um, to win this so, matchup, but which one will it be? <laughs> like this week, um, or sorry, today, my dad had some like really shitty pitching from Brett Anderson and Phil Hughes, the perils of owning Phil Hughes. Um, but like ultimately, like Garth Noon traded for <laughs> Starling Marte. His team doesn't have the maximum number of starting pitchers. He's not really trying to win. So while Garth McInnes's team wasn't great last week, like. I just think that the big difference here is that he will actually, like, optimize his starts and make sure he gets, like, eight or nine starts um, by the end of the week, and I think that'll be the difference. And Garth McInnes will triumph over Garth Newton. Um, I'm going to have to go see, like, I I picked Garth Newton last week, and he kind of just let me down. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm not surprised he did, but I think uh, McInnes should pull away. He does have the better team, and he, he he is off to a slow start, but like you said, I think he's built to win this week. 
Yeah, I mean, ignoring all potential family biases aside, uh, Cam, you did make a, a good point. Uh, Garth McInnes is trying to win, you know, sort of every week, every every battle. Uh, Garth Newton obviously looking at the larger picture, uh, trying to build into the next season or two. So, I mean, in the long run, uh, I, I think Garth Newton has a good team. But in this specific instance, I think that might be the difference in McInnes pulling out a victory. Uh, so I, I'll i pick him too, I guess, make it a, an even three on the McInnes side. Uh, the the couple, couple of guys... I mean, this is just this MVP thing is is turning into me just naming guys that I like. But Billy Hamilton, uh, I still believe in him. Uh, it's going to be his year. I, I can feel it in my bones. Uh, he had a good night tonight against Baltimore. Uh, went two for four uh, with a stolen base, and so you know maybe this is the the time we're starting to see the real start of his breakout. He's uh, had a couple good hitting performances so far, and yeah, uh, hopefully he can keep it up for Garth Newton. Uh, but with Garth McInnes, I mean, obviously the guy is impossible to trade with. He's the the black hole of the league in terms of players. But at the same time, I would just I would love uh, to maybe possibly get Dustin Pedroia off of him one day. I know I know I have Jose Altuve, so many second basements that I personally love. But I, I think Pedroia, uh, very good. Uh, he's in a good situation. Right now, even if he's uh, if he didn't play tonight against Toronto, I'm seeing so that's interesting. But Pedroia, yeah, well, what else can you say? He's a good baseball player, and he should be good in this matchup. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the course ball should be a good one. <laughs> I think there's like I think your division, Nick, really uh, comes down. Like I think. I mean, you might not agree with this, but I, I see Jeremiah as being the best team in your division. And I see, uh, whatever, I don't even know who the two bottom teams are. Wendy and, like, Richard, they're they're not going to do anything. But I think, like, there's a playoff spot. It's possible you both make it in, but I really think that the second playoff spot from your division is really going to come down to you and my dad. But I guess we'll see how the season plays out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would necessarily disagree with that assessment. I mean, it it would even with my ego, I think I'd have a hard time saying that Jeremiah isn't the top team in the in the division right now. Uh, I I think that maybe there's a chance we send three teams to the playoffs. But you're right; like these are the kinds of matchups that Garth McInnes really needs to win if he uh, wants to finish second in the division and yeah. basically punch his ticket early to the to the playoffs. Uh, well, that that does it for our preview of this week. Uh, you guys have any other thoughts uh, you want to tack on to this episode? Presumably still listening to this while driving uh, in his car. <laughs> uh, yeah, we love you, Garth Newton. Uh, can't wait to hear some more constructive criticism. And I mean, you know, maybe you should come on the, the show sometime. Show us how it's done. Yeah, uh, I think should be another good week. And uh, only thing is, uh, I'll say is, uh, I really hope I uh, slay the king this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it should be uh, another great week here in the FlexFox Fantasy Federation. You can, of course, get all the results on ESPN. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this and who 
might not be an active member of the league. Uh, I, I don't want to say too much, but I've checked our, our SoundCloud stats, and it seems like we're getting regular listeners who are not in the places where league members live. Uh, so go to flexfoxfantasy.com and click the ESPN link, uh, and then maybe all of this podcast will have made more sense. Uh, and in hindsight, I probably maybe should have said that at the beginning of the episode, but if you're still listening, there it is. Uh, but until next time, good night and good fantasy.